Hey, welcome to Slacks, the podcast about three lesbian friends where we talk about stuff that makes us interested, excited, bored, angry, and all of the above. Um, I am Mathilde, and I am half Italian, half Belgian, and we have Darina, who's Irish, and Mal, who's American. Great. Um, so, first of all, how's everyone doing? Doing okay, yeah. It's a Wednesday night in Walthamstow. Couldn't be better. We've got some good wine this time. We I've do. Had, like, well done. Um, cranberry. That was Matilda that bought the wine. Clearly, the Italian oh, in the room bought the wine. Oh, you got this wine. I was like, I looked at Darina. I'm like, this is really nice wine. I can <laughs> buy nice wine. <laughs> I know you can. I just, you know. But instead, I bought um, Smirnoff cranberry vodka mixed drink in a can. So, classic. yeah, Matilda gets also, the classic Also, we have a selection points. of cheese. We do have a selection of cheese. Thank you, Mallory. Uh, you're welcome. And we also have beer. So April is now benefiting from this beer yeah, we also have a fantastic guest yes we, we do. introduced our guest so our guest is april kelly thank you so much for being on the show thank with you us for today. having me hi april. Um, oh my god april. this is a round of applause i like it Woo! a round of applause of three people i just want to mention that april's my birth month you know that though already because I, I, I said exactly that, that you're welcome about five minutes ago yes thank you <laughs> um so april kelly is the writer producer and actor of a bisexual film Am I correct in saying mm. that? Called Treacle. I've watched Bomb. it four times. I've watched Love it that. three times. Um, Love that. I've watched it two it's and a an, half. It is an excellent film. Just because I had to go. What happened to it? Just like got to the sex scene and was like, done, let's no, go. No, 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 no. The sex scene is my favorite bit. No, no. I just had to go out. Fair. And I couldn't take my laptop, but I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. <laughs> and I did actually watch it again while I was taking a bath because I did my back in and I'm like, I need to refresh my memory for the fourth time. Wow. So I just set it up. And I watched it. I'm taking quotes. This is going on the post. I love I watching mean, movies in the bath. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then you're also the new ambassador for Bipolar UK. Is yes, that correct? I am. Yes. Okay, amazing. So let's just dive in. I'm really curious to understand a little bit more about Treacle, mm -hmm. um, what your inspiration was behind it, and what was kind of involved in the production. Yeah, of course. Well, um, I trained as an actor. And in my second year of drama school, my tutor said... Uh, we had to put a presentation on on what you were going to do when you weren't acting that wasn't soul destroying. Oh. I know, right Positive. in there. Just like, Ugh. yeah, great. <laughs> we spent there. that much money on drama school. Um, <laughs> and I stood up and did a presentation on starting my own production company. And after I did that, he pulled me to one side and said, uh, do you want to come back next week and do something a bit more realistic? Ooh. What? Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, Stamping on your dreams. I know. Registered the company two weeks later. Didn't look back. I was 21. Have How you told him Steve? now that he can go fuck himself? <laughs> I can't find him. You can <laughs> tell him on here. I mean, he's not going to be listening to a lesbian podcast. <laughs> we will find him. find him is probably testament to the fact that he's not working very much. Well, no. Well, he was quite old at the time. Um, oh. oh. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> what's, what's, wait, what's old, by the way? As in, like, in his 60s. Oh, that is older. Yeah. Older. Older. Isn't 60 the new, like, 45? No? Yeah, maybe. Were. My parents are my parents are early sixties, and they um they still walk down the street holding hands. Oh, so cute, yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, but heteros, not good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I registered the company two weeks later, and kind of didn't look back. So I didn't spend my student loan. I had that as an investment into the company. Met my business partner two years later, and have built the company up to support my acting career. Amazing. And uh, then I got representation in the states. And everything was going, ticking along. We've we've been very lucky and um, and, and privileged to do what, what we've done. And my manager in the States called me up and was like, look, I get the act. I'm not going to put on an accent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, go on, go on, go on, go on. No, you're not what I'm doing. 
stay British. <laughs> By the end of it, when I finish this beer, okay. we'll get, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he said, "Look, I get the acting, I get the producing. Have you um, ever thought about writing or directing?" There is not a directing bone in my body, and as a producer, I'm very lucky to work with incredible directors and writers. That said, I've probably got a story in me, so I'll write something. Um, uh, but knowing full well, I was not a writer per se. I'm an actor and a producer who's read a lot of scripts and knows a good script when when I read one. So um, put pen to paper to a script that was called B at the time, hmm. imaginative, and um, for bisexual. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> just uh, the, word, the letter V. Yeah, just a working nice, title, yeah. Nice. And I said to my manager, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to shoot it in L.A. Uh, yeah, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I've lived by that. And um, so went out to L.A., uh, built everything in the U.K., got the Bisexual Resource Centre on board, but we could not lock everything we needed. So mm. we went out to L.A. Um, uh, with no cast, no crew and no locations. And in two weeks, pulled it all together. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I couldn't have done it without my business partner because she she came out and she basically line produced it. So as soon as we landed in the States, she was like, you've got to give me everything. You go and act. You go write. Yeah. And, uh, and that's where, where we got That to. must have been an wow. insane experience. Just like you're here, you're in yeah. L.A., you've got two weeks. Yeah. Just Hands go. down the best experience of my life. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. What about, and tell us about the casting, because you and your co-star have got great chemistry. Yeah, so the casting process was really interesting because we had some, for lack of a better phrase, named actors lined up, couple fell through, things were just really, um, we, we they weren't solid. So we got a casting director on board and we had eight females come in and chemistry read, read with me and the penultimate person was Ari and from the get-go the the chemistry was there and uh and the director and Sarah my business partner um said yeah it's got to be Ari and I was like all right it's got to be Ari and then with our first meeting our first rehearsal quickly realized that Ari is non-binary and um and queer and we completely had no idea so it was great to be like great you're an actor act straight yeah um which was great and I'm actually so proud of us to be able to cast blind like that mm. and um and not even, yeah it was really interesting and then the rehearsal process was a dream so we did like couples yoga and then the director <laughs> rosie was like you're going to go to three flags so we had the blue car throughout rehearsals so you're going to drive to th three flags and then um answer these 30 odd questions that make you fall in love and oh my um, god i've heard about this we're so coming back to this sorry yeah, yeah so on. Picture this, if you will. We're in that blue car um, going down the freeway towards uh, Three Flags. What's Three Flags? Where, what is Three Flags? Oh, it's like a huge like theme park. Oh, Six Flags, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <Six> <laughs> I think it's like, a I is it the smaller? Is it the smaller equivalent? It's like three flags. It's half the size. Junior. So it's called Six Flags Great America. Yeah. No, I just it's modest, all right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, literally half the size. I'm gonna start calling it that. I'm gonna tell my mom like, "Hey, I want to go to Three Flags." First of all, so I much cooler. Since I was like 12, like and a secondly, my mother version. would never come. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god, that tickled me. Go all right. Um, so then we get there, and Rosie said, "Go to a theme park." You've got to eat something you've never eaten before. You've got to bring me back a gift. You've mm. got to answer these 30 questions. 
and uh, that is what we that's what we did and then actually Ari is now one of my best friends and Aww. we talk all the time amazing and so that was just for, for you guys to like bond yeah. it wasn't like filmed or anything it was just for no. you guys to bond oh, yeah brilliant. and that's we had fun. I think we had four days to become best friends that's wow. amazing yeah. so completely without giving the plot too much away about Treacle because obviously people need to go and see it because it's amazing could you give us like a, a quick overview of like the plot line yeah of course um at its heart, Treacle is a buddy movie and it explores what happens when a seemingly straight friend is comfortable enough to explore her sexuality with her bisexual friend. And it's very much focused on the aftermath of what happens and and how that can damage friendships and especially female friendships, which are very complex. Mm. Mm. Um, I, sorry, really quick. I just want to say about um, Ari's her name, right? Mm-hmm. What was her name in the film? Um, their name. And, their name. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. It took so long for us to um, to yeah. address that. Their name is Jessie. Jessie. Yeah. So in the film, Jessie, she is somebody who I identify with, not personally, but more like I had friends just like her. She just seemed kind of a quintessential American girl who was very detached from her kind of truth in a way and like didn't really want to be dealing with things is that kind of how you intended her to be yeah definitely we we certainly didn't want her to become the villain and we definitely didn't want it to become her coming out story right um and it was there, there's a naivety to that character and, and and she isn't malicious but she just does not think about the consequences so um yeah completely yeah, because I feel like in some of those, I mean, I feel like we can talk about the scenes because it's I, I need all of you need to watch it. I know you all will watch it um, because I feel like, you know, once uh, everything kind of happened between the two of you, um, she did a really good job of not kind of uh, taking responsibility or kind of admitting that anything had happened. And that really bothered mm. me. I was like, fuck you, Jesse. Mm. Yeah. Is that how you felt too? Oh, God, yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, all of the time. It was a very infuriating scene to shoot. Um, but yeah, because as I as I probably said, it, it's from verbatim. This has happened to me before, but the only thing I never had the courage to do was confront it like um, Belle does at the end of the film. Mm. And um, and of course, because you, like, if you wake up with a seemingly straight girl in the bed next to you, you become the villain. You yeah. are you are the one who's all they turn it around onto you and right. because they're embarrassed and they don't know what they're feeling, so they just shut it down completely and mm. um it's how friendships get lost. And 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 that's not just purely bisexuals, I'm sure that's across mm. the board. I'm just talking personally. Totally. Yeah, totally. I read an interview where you say your favorite line in treat colours, I bet if I was a lesbian this would never happened, and if I was a dude it would be a non fucking issue. Mm. What um, a good line. Yeah, great, great line. line. Mm. But tell us a bit more about it. I wish I had the courage to say that in real life. Like, it's one of those <laughs> lines where, you know, you're laying in bed, and you're like, oh, that's what I should have said. Um, now you've got it in your back pocket. I know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, God help everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it's, it does what it says on the can, doesn't it? I feel... I feel that I have, uh, I have straight friends and I have lesbian friends and... There's a tendency because I'm um, I'm quite femme and uh, I'm quite tactile and I'm open and I encourage people to ask questions, especially when they're intoxicated. They always want to ask questions. And then there's that fine line. And I've always feel like seeing my straight friends being able to hook up with random male friends and it mean nothing. Mm. 
right. is one thing. Yeah. And then my lesbian friends who hook up with other lesbian friends, that's kind of just common. And then there's like this middle ground. <laughs> sure. right. yep. And there's this middle ground where um uh where it's just really unclear. It's so grey. Yeah. I hate living in the grey and I'm mm. all in the grey. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so really there's there's not much else behind that line apart from what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is what it is, I feel like. Mm. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you kind of get discrimination from either friends or I don't know, people you're dating because of that? Oh, or... God, yeah. It's, Do you? It's so strange because I've been dating girls since I was 17, 18, and it was only really in 2016 that I labelled myself as bisexual because I uh, I just felt there was a responsibility. I started researching and educating myself and realised that bioerasure is, is such a massive thing. And I think um, it was a bit too flippant of me being like, I don't want to label myself when actually I could do some good by labelling myself. Um, yeah, I, Christ, all of the cliches. Mm. Greedy. And then uh, greedy is mainly the one, but... Um, mm. uh, but, like, also well done. Who gives a fuck? Oh, yeah. Right? Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yeah, I don't see how it's greedy, but because uh, it's so complicated. Um, I but, mean, you have twice the complication. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, like, and, and they're all very different. Like, women are very complicated. Oh my god! Also, I, think, I feel like people assume that okay, if you're dating a guy, well, that's it. Then you've decided. Yeah. So you're straight now. Or yeah. if you're dating a woman, oh, so you've decided you're a lesbian now. It's like, no, I'm still bi. Yeah, that's it, that, that's, that's the so most. True. That's the biggest thing. Because if I walk down the street holding hands with a guy, and we're all guilty of this, you would look at me and go, oh, well, she's straight. If I'm holding hands with a girl, oh, she's a lesbian. So there's all of that. And then there's, um, you know, if I was most recently with a girl for a year and a half and uh, and they just all go, oh, yeah, but you've you've gone over to the L now, haven't you? And it's like, no, not quite. That must be incredibly frustrating for you because... coming out all of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, people just don't really seem to understand it or get it i think it's like just a lack of kind of responsibility that like people are taking they just like are are kind of quite binary in the way that they think they're like exactly as you say if you're holding hands with a guy you're straight if you're holding hands with a woman then you're a lesbian it must be just frustration like all of the time yeah and then and then what you have is you've got your 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 friends basically asking you how girl on girl sex works so you've got that which mm-hmm. i'm sure everyone's experienced so yeah. um, but everyone feels open enough to ask me those really intimate questions because i'm i'm seemingly bi in terms of my network i'm sure it's very different for everyone no i mean i i feel like well at least for me i have tons of straight friends and i have tons of lesbian friends i feel like ever since i moved to the UK, I just my my lesbian network has just been massive because you're well, welcome. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but to your point in our last episode, you talked about um, uh, networks, and when you move somewhere, the gay community is quite a welcoming community, and I, I very much took advantage of it, not realizing that I was taking advantage of it, but like I just automatically gained a little family. That I replaced after a year because you don't really stay friends with the same people. But like, you know what I mean? And that kind of graduates into every year and then you form your kind of proper family. And it's it is a nice thing. But I I am I'm not uh naive enough to believe that, you know, I mean the lesbian community can be quite, I think, dismissive of, you know, bisexual or whatever. I think people are just people at the end of the day, and it doesn't fundamentally matter like who you sleep with. You know what I mean? No. And exactly. I feel like when people judge us. I find that frustrating for who we sleep with as gay women. And I find it equally frustrating that it doesn't matter who you sleep with. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. 
and I also find um what was I gonna say? I don't I know. What were you anyway. talking about? It was, it was good. <laughs> oh, the community. Community of people. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, what I found most difficult and why I pretty much ended shoot uh, ended up shooting Treacle in LA was because I could not find any solid bisexual resource here in the UK. Um, I think we had Bi UK, but right. that was pretty much it. And when I went over there, I actually sat down with a couple of bisexual influencers and vloggers and and they educated me on my own um, own sexual identity. And I just had no idea. And that's where it stemmed from as well. I grew up having more sleepless nights worrying if I was gay or straight. And then... Um, and then had this epiphany because my favorite film of all time is Miss Congeniality. And uh, <laughs> classic. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's a so perfect much. film. Exactly. <laughs> and um, I kept watching the moment where the, the makeover's revealed, you know, when she comes out yeah. and she's strutted. Yeah. yeah. I kept watching it and I was like, oh, I like girls. Oh, oh. right. What am I going to do with this? And, and because bisexuality wasn't on screen, it was, and, and if it was, it was always, um, oh, it's just a phase. Or, yeah. oh, and now they're a lesbian. Experimenting. Right. That's, that's exactly. so true. Bi erasure is such a huge deal. Have you heard about it's this like term before? Bi erasure? Yeah. Yes. I, I have had. never heard it. Have you heard of it? Mm, yeah. It's I the erasure of the bi erasure. Like, Can we explain this to people like me who have never heard this term before? Yeah, sure. So, uh, again, it's, it does what it says on the can. It, it's, it's a broad stroke of not acknowledging the sexual identity in terms of because it's so gray no one knows how to pinpoint it mm -hmm. and i can only bring it back to my own industry where i've watched series after series and and what seemingly is a bisexual character the writers do not know how to tie it up in a neat bow without making it a phase or is going a box that you can yeah take? like it's a segue a... to lesbianism Absolutely. um and that's it's anything like that mm. it's it's also our ignorance of what we've said, walking down the street, holding either gender hand and just mm. presuming it's one or the other. It's it's yeah. not it's not really thinking. And and I think we're getting to the stage where it's it's the same with non-binary people. Right. You see someone walking down the street and you assume their their um their sex, their gender. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. And I think, you know, we've all several times acknowledged in this um podcast and, and speaking personally as well that it is incredibly important to see yourself represented in the media because the media is everywhere and it's where we look to to see versions of ourselves and to feel like you know a sense of normality etc but there just isn't enough bisexual representation on on tv and film mm -hmm. and, and and anywhere and i before we um came into the podcast tonight i actually wanted to make a list of bisexual characters that i have come across in film and tv etc it's a very short list i was actually what, so what are some of them alice from the l word yep mm-hmm and the actress Evan Rachel Wood, and yeah, but she maybe was... Curtis from Love Island. Okay, what about um, Charlize Theron, where she played? She's bombshell that film. Oh, wasn't she bisexual? Wait, she was fucking amazing in that. She was film. really hot in it, but I can't remember the name of the so film. She Atomic was with men and women. Is that the one? Which yeah. one? Atomic Blonde. Thank you. What did I call it? Bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also like 75 years old right now. <laughs> no, I feel like it's a better title than Atomic Blonde. <laughs> yeah, right. But she was. She was bisexual in that film. And also um, in Killing Eve. 
Killing Eve. Yeah. So Eve is also bisexual. Yeah, and one of my uh, one of my good friends is a plays a bisexual character in the new Netflix series Daybreak. Amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. Brilliant. But we're missing someone fundamental here, guys. Desiree Akavan. I was just gonna say. Oh, her. My God, I was I just gonna say. Thank you. And her show the series of the bisexual. bisexual. Yeah, right. there we Which go. Which is actually a really incredible series. I think. Isn't yeah, it? I so really good. That was the f- appropriate behavior. Was the first yes. thing I'd ever seen as bisexual, and I was like. God, I found my people, and um, and actually, Cecilia, her her creative partner, who um, who produced Appropriate Behaviour and and co-wrote the bisexual, is my mentor for the BFI Flair mentorship. So, oh, um, wow. which is just incredible. I'm like, that's me doing mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, just going back to the idea of community, I'm really curious to know what's your experience of the lesbian community and whether you felt welcome. Um, or not? Hmm. Um, Be honest. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, not offending any lesbians I'm in this just room. Trying to like, well, because I've dated a lot of lesbians, so I don't want to tarnish them all. Uh, you can tarnish in this room. <laughs> it's interesting. I do feel like I wasn't taken seriously for mm. a while, um, even though I have dated. Uh, a lot of women over not a lot of women that's a, sorry mom um, <laughs> I heard a lot of women <laughs> your mom's listening yeah, to this. <laughs> she, she listens to everything oh, hi no. Tina um, what's your mom's name Tina that's, that's my that's mom's, mom's name, name. <laughs> you're born in you're not born in April your name's April yeah, yeah this is great <laughs> don't tell my Tina about this no, no. she would freak out anyway, oh god um uh not not in a direct way in in a more of a like I said, not taking me seriously and kind of disregarding me. It's it's more like that. I've never been attacked, so to speak, averted commas, uh, but it's more just being disregarded. Mm, not taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that it's, yeah, it's exactly that. And um, and I've never felt welcome until this year and being a part of the Flair Mentorship. And um, I mean, don't quote me on this, but between all of the mentees that we've we've spoken to and, and worked out that over five years, I think they've only taken two bisexuals. Wow. What? And and what I learned when I was doing Treacle was that um, the, uh, 1% of funding worldwide goes to bisexual projects mm. each year. 1%? 1%, yeah. And But we're over half of the community. That's right. insane. Yeah. And that's like, but that that's, you know, I would even say most people are a little bit bisexual. Uh, yeah. If, you, if we were to really be technical, I feel like I'm a little bit bisexual because at one point I was dating men for so long. You were dating men. Yeah, You were a gold star, which is great. Way! I mean, right? Like, I could be a little bit bisexual. We just don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm can probably I, not. Can I just say one side thing? I learned that there's a term for a gay guy who not only has never been with women... But he's also born of a cesarean, so he's never been even through a vagina. And that that's called, like, a super platinum or something. Yeah, it's amazing. That's on the side. I feel like actually with bisexuals, and I don't know, tell me if you agree with this, but I feel like men get it worse than women. Oh, so God, men yeah. who are bisexual are really not taken seriously or they're just automatically looked at yeah. as gay, especially yeah. if they, like, Probably. take it. They're like, you have to be gay. Oh, yeah. you know? And I just like feel you're like... You're confused and you're, you know yeah. you're gay, you're just not ready to accept it. Right, because a man, God forbid, could ever experiment with another man. Like, yeah. I just feel like that's disgusting. It's exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and if, a, if a man is bisexual, they're over um, they're over feminine. And, and if, if I'm a bisexual, I'm over-sexual. Right. O- yeah, over-sexual, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're, like, over-sexualized as a female yeah. and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just going back to your point, there's a phrase that um, 
actually told your previous guest, Rory Scada, but I always <laughs> say spaghetti straight till you get it wet. So I think that's oh, the scale. I love that one. That was in the yeah. L word a while yeah. back. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Straight onto wet. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, and the reason Treacle's called Treacle was because I went to pick Ari up one day in the blue car, and they came out the door, and I went, "Hello, Treacle. Fans getting sticky." <laughs> Wait, what does treacle actually mean? Oh yeah, because Americans don't know this. Because when I named the, the whole film whole America, whole America. America. Wait, you don't have treacle in America? I don't no. know what the hell you're talking about. No, I told an uh, I I sent the the film and the title to to an American, and they're like, "What's treacle?" Oh god, <laughs> good American accent, by Thank the you. way. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Is that what you thought it was called? You were like, "No, I knew it was treacle." I knew it was treacle. It's like maple syrup and. Actually, oh, it's in it. It's kind of it? it's like sugary, yeah. goopy, like molasses. Yeah, sticky oh. toffee pudding, kind of. Oh. Yeah. You're describing three very different things here: uh. sticky toffee pudding, maple syrup, like a sticky. I sugary, get it. It's, it's like we get it. We'll buy you some. All of America gets it now. Ask your wife; <laughs> she'll definitely. No, we all get it. No, we get it. <laughs> we get it. Okay, so that's what treacle is. Mm -hmm. All right. All yeah. right. Treacle. I like that. So, as well as being extremely busy uh, with treacle and all the other projects that you're doing, you are also an ambassador for Bipolar UK. Yes. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was diagnosed with bipolar in March 2018 after suffering with mental illness. You know, since I was 15. So. Um, 13 years and um finally got a diagnosis and 13 years later yeah yeah after being on a lot of different medications mm -hmm. and i tell you this for free do not put someone that's bipolar on prozac they will oh, lose man. their shit i had a great party for <laughs> a <laughs> solid week um <laughs> uh yeah and then so i finally got diagnosed and you can be it, it can take up to i think eight and a half years to um be diagnosed with bipolar and you'll misdiagnose up to three, three and a half times. Yeah, you know, I remember reading that in your article. Like, how do they misdiagnose you? Why? What? What's that about? Well, I mean, I I got misdiagnosed plenty of times. It's either you, if you go in to see a doctor, and you're low, they think you're you're depressed. And then if you go in and you're a bit manic and jittery, they think you're anxious. So. Um, it was just a long winding road and I finally just went, I can't do this. I need to get go and get a proper diagnosis. Um, kicking and screaming though, may I add. And then, uh, and then, so that was March 2018 and it took me a year to educate my loved ones for us all to kind of get a grip to get get a grip to it and um and understand how we're going to work through it as a as a team. I'm so fortunate that I have the best support network going. And then in March 2019, Happiful magazine, which is a purely a mental health magazine, gave me the opportunity to write a letter to my younger self. And that was the opportunity to come out publicly about it. I say publicly, I don't have a huge following, but it was it was very exposing in terms of my work colleagues because, uh, you know, they they might stop hiring me. And actually, I found it far more difficult coming out as bipolar than I did as bisexual um, because there was more at risk because thankfully on the whole we're living in a world where your sexuality is is more accepting whereas bipolar is still very difficult to grasp and um, and then off the back of the letter bipolar UK got in touch and they said would you be up for doing a documentary and I was like no I was not ready okay. to be I was like no 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 I'm still kind of adjusting mm. and then it wasn't until couple of months ago when 
sat down, chatted about it, and I was like, all right, I think I'm ready now. And that's purely because of the the reception of that that letter um, was incredible, and and just strangers reaching out and 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 telling me that they related to this or thanking me. And then likewise with Treacle, I've had six people come out to me. Wow. Like some strangers, some friends, and I'm just like, all right, now if I can just help one person get out of bed in the morning, job done. Amazing. So that's why I'm Amazing. doing it. So you're going to do a documentary for Bipolar UK? No, they wanted me to do that early in the year and I, I got scared. Um, what they want me to do is do a series of uh, episodes. So okay. I'm going to be tackling different topics um, and, you know, everything from dating and bipolar and and uh, and so I can think of right now. Drinking and bipolar. <laughs> like, yeah, just I'm going to tackle everything because they have um, they, they don't particularly have a young voice. Okay. And I'm so candid without realising it. And I kind of let a little bit too much go again. Sorry, Tina. And um, uh, that I'm quite excited now because I've, I've opened a can of worms and I feel a lot more comfortable. You're ready to, to go with it. So we were having a little bit of a chat before we came in here tonight and we were talking about another type of bi erasure, which is bipolar um, representation in the media. And you represent uh, you referenced the Amazon Prime series Modern Love, which mm. we both watched. Which yes. Is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that like for you to watch? It was great because you're the first person I've come across that isn't in my immediate circle who I've been like watch this that have watched it yeah. so explain it was like, the episode because I haven't but seen wait, it by the so way good. if anyone wants to know what Matilde's wife looks like it's Anne Hathaway it's true <laughs> yeah it's, it's true, true. With, with short hair it is true <laughs> you're really gonna get stalkers now <laughs> no Steph's gonna get stalkers Steph's gonna well both of you might get stalkers anyway so yeah Modern Love is based on the New York Times column called Modern Love and podcast and podcast is it a podcast, oh. it was a podcast. Yeah. it's a great Fantastic show podcast. Trez Bean okay so um, it's eight episodes they've shot and it's an anthology you can watch it out of order so go straight to number three please and it's Anne Hathaway's character Lexi navigating the dating world whilst having bipolar disorder and it's incredible. Uh, it's the first time I have ever seen bipolar actually portrayed properly and not just a broad mental health issue. Mm. And it is it is about the dating, but it's also about coming to terms with what the diagnosis is. And it's so tricky to explain the nuances of what bipolar is. And then touching on dating because it is so rapid and this is something I've really struggled with with being bi and um, bi uh, that I find that people go, oh, crikey, you're, you're getting through them. And I'm like, I'm not getting through them. It just wow. seems like I am because I'm like guy, girl, guy, girl, whatever. But also when you're bipolar, you can't really hold mm -hmm. something down um, for a long time. And that's a personal, uh, that's what I can experience personally. And... Um, and also it's the explanation. So no spoilers, but yeah, she finally does open up to someone and it's what, what that does. And for me personally, it's the first time I've ever been able to put something in front of my family and friends and go, this, mm. this is what happens to me. Yeah. Mm. So I'm extremely grateful for it. And it's really, really, really good. It's and it's the production value is like incredible. And she, and, and she does such a great job. Oh my God, such I a mean, harrowing performance. Seriously. I don't have any knowledge of this myself. And there are times when I feel like I there are certain boundaries that I can't cross or ask certain questions because I don't know. I just it's just one of those territories that I genuinely feel like I'm not sure where I can ask and what I can't. You know what I mean? Um, 
But so actually watching Anne Hathaway and her performance in that, I mean, obviously there has to be varying degrees of bipolar, right? It's just like depression or it's just like anything in life, right? So would you kind of describe, I guess, what her kind of um, acting was like and, and her experience? Is that more or less from somebody who doesn't understand bipolar disorder as deeply i mean how how would you kind of describe I yeah mean, yeah so there's there's two types of bipolar there's bipolar type one and there's bipolar type two i am bipolar type two so i suffer more um uh, episodes of depression and bipolar type one is more like heightened mania and um what what lexi in in modern love experiences is probably more type two but it's a very um with bipolar not one diagnosis is the same, but the characteristics are the are the same. So I know people that have um, bipolar who will be manic for anywhere up to two months and then come out of that and be depressed for six months and then be fine for years. Whereas for me personally, I'm also fighting off uh, borderline personality traits, which makes my bipolar extremely rapid. So... Um, I can I can wake up in a, in a terrible place and then an hour later be fine. But then it's just it's so unpredictable, which is what Anne Hathaway portrays mm. so well. Mm. Um, so I actually think it's difficult. All I can say is what Anne Hathaway is portrayed as Lexi is is fundamentally what I go through. So it's almost like on a day-to-day basis day-to-day basis yeah hourly basis that sort of thing yeah and and terry the woman it's based on um she used a term which forgive me i do not i do not remember but it is saying that it's rapid Mm. uh which which i just yeah resonated with me so much Mm. and even even like the eating habits and and the moment where it overcomes you it, it is like a possession um a possession or a possession possession what possession we, possession possession maybe words are hard we'll go with it we'll go yeah. with it yeah roll with it <laughs> like the exorcist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's exactly that it okay. is yeah mm. and you just have to hold on for dear life it's like brain freeze when you when you drink yeah. a slushy too too quickly is it is do you think like and forgive me for sounding ignorant to this but do you feel is there any point where because this is something that you experience a lot is this ever like something that you can in some capacity, try to control or, or or it not being as severe at some points? Yeah, medication. Um, so I'm on mood stabilizers. And like I said, if you give someone like myself Prozac, which is an upper, I will go up. And, <laughs> uh, and, and But you don't want something to bring you right down. You do literally need a mood stabilizer. And then I take another medication that will knock me out and help my anxiety at night because typically uh, as... Uh, Lexi does at the start of the episode she's been up for three nights so that's where my product productivity comes and I can literally just go for nights so it's it's a it's a mix of medication um therapy uh which I I go to kicking and screaming and um and surrounding yourself with the right people um and also not drinking that much she says drinking a beer (laughs) but looking after yourself exercise it's all of those common things which anyone that feels a bit low should be should be doing yeah actually that's a good point you bring up about um friends and the the people that you surround yourself with is there anything that you feel like friends can do like particularly if you're low or do you just not 
present yourself to to friends or people that you're close with when you're feeling low or it depends on it depends on the episode like I said from March this year I've become way more open about it uh, I have the most supportive parents going in terms of them you know they're they're in their 60s so mental illness wasn't really a thing when yeah. when mm. they were younger yeah. yeah so they really educated themselves likewise with the bisexuality because Dear Lord, I got pushed out of the closet unwillingly and and in a catastrophic way. And they were like, whoa. And I was like, whoa. Um, So they've had to deal with those two things. And then my business partner is very well equipped with mental illness because of her her close network. Um, Essentially, though, as someone that lives by themselves, I just need someone to check in with me. Just make me accountable um, and responsible for my own actions. And also just invite me to come and have dinner because I don't eat otherwise. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. yeah so just nice enough. dinners, not nothing too much to do with drinking. No. But yeah. more with chatting and drinking. Yeah. Uh, chatting and eating and, and checking in. Definitely. So the cheese That's and crackers really have gone down a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate so it. We, we take care of our guests. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They certainly do. Do you feel like there is a common theme amongst queer filmmaking? I go to so many film festivals and a lot of LGBTQ plus film festivals and so much of the content is people coming out and and it being so traumatic. And I was like, we can't just have this kind of content. And that's why I wanted Treacle to, I know it gets a little bit sticky in the middle, but it's essentially dealing with something completely different. And um, and what I want to do next is a next project is um, deal with, queerness which is the b story like as in the the b line and then the a story being um, mental health and bringing that together because there's just there's not enough of the everyday mm. is what i find yeah and i'd really i totally agree with you 100%. my friend so my wife and i we talk about this all the time like we we in our i don't know when we have time after we have a fucking baby who knows we want to uh, produce a, a lesbian film but we don't want it to be like a coming out story because all films are coming out stories and that's just boring mm. like why can't it just be like middle of life dealing with stuff but you're just gay yeah or whatever yeah do you know what i mean yeah gotcha. I feel like that would be way more interesting because who cares about i mean i guess coming out stories are great but there's so many yeah well films i guess out there. i guess it's because like coming out for most people well i think coming out for everybody whether you get a positive response or a negative response it's a massive massive deal and i think is, you know I everybody agree. has like different experiences and but now that you're like an established person in your life like were you gonna say established lesbian <laughs> <laughs> i can see it in your eyes I, mean, I am an established lesbian. that's the wine you see in my eyes okay. um no, but it's true. Like, wouldn't you like to see something that's a bit more relatable oh, to like yeah. just like an everyday yeah, problem or yeah, like people yeah. go through relationship issues and people. And actually, I, I truly feel that lesbian problems, heterosexual problems, bisexual problems, all these things, trans problems in relationships, I don't feel like differ that much. You know, when um, gay marriage became legal in America, what was that now? Like five years ago, maybe a bit four or five years, five years, five, five, six years ago. Um, my mother called me and she was like, isn't it exciting? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you know what? Now every gay person can deal with the same shit heterosexual people. And I was like, you're so right. And she's like, it's all the fucking same. And it's true. Cause I feel like relationship issues are relationship issues are relationship issues. 
but wouldn't it be nice to kind of see it depicted without it having to be like this huge revelation definitely definitely it's just humans like trying to deal with each other absolutely and i hate the word normalize but fundamentally that is what needs to happen and i feel like if most people saw heterosexual or heterosexual people saw films where relationships were normalized Mm -hmm. to them then it wouldn't be such a big deal yeah yeah and and i the the lgbtq plus festival circuit is extraordinary oh my god it's so welcoming and um and i've seen some of the best content out there but there's part of me that can't help think why do we need something specific to this Mm. you know we do now but it might not always be like that yeah exactly i mean likewise with women in film and tv christ the amount of um times that treacle has been programmed in a woman set of films I mean, there was a lot of women involved, yeah. but uh, it's it's just like ah, oh, as if but this it's is still a film. A thing. It's not a woman's yeah, film. It's exactly. A, you know, yeah, exactly. It should yeah. be the same. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask you about that. So, where was it featured? Did you put it through a festival circuit, or wh- which festivals did you go to? Yeah. So we're very fortunate. Um, Mini Productions, mine and Sarah's production company. We've we've done a whole host of different short films to hit different festival circuits. So drama, comedy, LGBTQ plus, horror, sci-fi. Um, to build our reputation. And so you won a plenty of awards. We, we won the summer you got awards. Some yeah, you yeah. Tell us about the awards. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram. I go see. on, go on. <laughs> Come um, on, do it, do it. Well, it. oh God, we're very fortunate to work with some amazing talent. So a film we did called Edith with Peter Mullen and Michelle Fairley was long listed for a BAFTA and a BIFA. And, um, and then we... And then Treacles won some awards. Treacles just... <laughs> Yeah. What awards did you guys win? Uh, most recently, it was the Bolton Film Festival, uh, which Maxine Peake is the patron of, and it was wow. <laughs> it was the Women in Film Award. But <laughs> I will take it. And <laughs> I think it's great. They're yeah. such a great. They're yeah. such a great festival. Um, so yeah, Treacle. We I always aimed for it to premiere, premiere at Flair. That was always my goal, and unfortunately, we got in. And then from that, that was its UK premiere. And then we went over to Frameline in San Francisco. Okay. Do you guys know it? Uh, yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Amazing festival. And God, the reception was insane. I couldn't be there, but the amount of Instagram messages and emails yeah. that came through, I was like, yes. And um, and it's slowly gone across the world. And it's done more than I could ever hope for it. I don't know I don't know how if you guys feel like this, but you you set out to do something and you think, right, if it can just do a little bit of that, and it's gone beyond that. Mm. So, for example, Flair has now done a programme uh, in collaboration with the British Film Council where they're taking nine of their favourite short films across the Flair years, mm. and Treacle was one of them. Wow. And wherever the British Council has a presence in the world, they're going to make it accessible for a year. And, I mean, we're talking places that don't even have a cinema, so they'll do pop-up screenings and we're talking places where it's still illegal to be LGBTQ+. Wow. And I'm like, mic drop, you know? Yeah, I've done, incredible. I can't believe it, yeah. That so. is amazing. And it shows how great the film is. It also shows how much of a need there is for a film like that. Yeah, that's what I've had. I, the main thing I've had is is people reach out and go, either go, I wasn't sure about my sexuality and, and seeing that has made me think about it differently or people just go in, oh my God, I saw myself in that, thank you. And I'm like, that's, I mean, that as a filmmaker, me, um, as a filmmaker, me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate films like Lincoln and, and performances like Daniel Day-Lewis, but 
when I'm hungover on a Sunday, what do I want to watch? Miss Congeniality. Thank I you. Mean... <laughs> <laughs> and Sandra Bullock. <laughs> exactly. So do you feel like your next film will be kind of feature length or what are you kind of aiming for? Yeah, so as a company, we've done our debut feature, um, which was written by Matt Stoko and also, oh God, you're going to love this, co-stars Sophie Rundle, Gentleman Jack. Am oh, I right? Oh, oh my God. The reason I didn't have a bottle opener to open your beer Mm. is because I took the bottle opener off my keyring because our friend Vix bought me a Anne Lister keyring when she went to, what's the name of the Anne Lister's place? Shipton Hall. Yeah, so that's my Pilgrim answer. Story. You can have two keychains. You just have to like get rid of one. I'm very minimalist, <laughs> <laughs> so I took it off. But there you go. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's our debut feature, which um, uh, I mean, I don't, I like touch wood is going to get a premiere in Sundance or Berlin, and then hit the theaters. Uh, me personally, I'm working with Rosie, who directed Treacle, into developing it into a TV series. Mm. And then um, uh, I am working on, because as I said, I'm not a writer, but I'm working on two other short films. One which focuses on, like I said, queer and mental health. And then the other one, which is primarily about mental health. And um, if I'm OK to say, uh, this this one would be extremely short, extremely minimalist, um, but it's about the relationship between someone that a, a daughter who suffers with mental illness and their parent because it's such a delicate situation and i see it in my parents eyes they 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 are so upset that they can't fix me and they can't help it and there's that guilt and then there's my guilt of going my god you've literally done nothing wrong and they're like yeah but it's genetics and i'm like all right let's just agree to disagree and um also i've done a lot of research recently and it's something I've definitely uh, done and experienced is people writing suicide notes just in case, just just to have just there. And my God, the research on it is extraordinary. And so much of that research is coming from like teenagers who are coming to terms with their sexuality and um, and they've pre-written something. And I, I it, it resonates with me because, my God, if if I'm if I ever tip over and it won't happen, but if that ever happens, I want to make sure I can articulate myself perfectly with that. So I want to explore that relationship. Right. That's a dark way to end this, isn't it? But I was just going to say, like, you know that you're it's pretty important. much perfect exactly the way that you are. Like, I hope you recognize that, right? Thank you. And everything that sweet. you're doing is incredibly important. Like, it's important it that we're watching the things that we're watching and because you've made it come to life. Yeah, it's taken, you know, it's taken nearly 15 years to get there. But over the last few months, I've just thought I've got nothing to lose to being open and candid. So I think that's so amazing. Like, that's incredibly inspiring. We're Absolutely. very excited to see what's going to what's gonna happen oh. in the future. And um, where, can, where can our listeners watch Treacle? It's not available to the public yet, because it's still doing the festival circuit. So I'm actually going to publicly release it on By Visibility Day next year, 23rd of September. Um, But if you're almost a year away. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, you know, we're just, you know, drumming up support a year in advance. No, exclusive though. Um, uh, you've, you've heard what their email address is. If you email them, you can send them a link. Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll right. definitely do that. And if people want to find you on Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, so on Instagram, I am April underscore Kelly. Kelly K-E- with an E. K-E-L-L-E-Y. Which is yep. it's an Irish name. It Talked is. About this. It's funny because I'm caught a German. 
And, uh, <laughs> and on Twitter, I'm April underscore underscore Kelly. Ooh. Got yeah. it. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us, thank April. You. Amazing thank you for having you. me. Thank you. Woo! See you guys soon. Bye.